I'm Leslie Torres. And I'm Bronna Marks. And together we co-host West Coast Mix and Bounce. For all things West Coast NBA. That's right. We cover the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and yes, the Kings and the Suns. When there's something good to talk about. We have a new and fun episode every two weeks where we break down the craziest headlines in the NBA that pertain to the West Coast teams. We are such a niche podcast that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, two girls with experience in the field talking West Coast basketball. Um, yeah, you want to listen. This is West Coast Mix and Bounce brought to you by LAFB Network. Welcome back to another episode of West Coast Mix and Bounce. It feels like it's been forever since we've talked, but I'm really so glad to be back talking West Coast basketball with you again. So um, we did take a little time off, but no worry, we're back. Um, Yeah, (laughs) and we're really excited because we're going to be talking end of season recap. We're going to get into all the crazy free agency moves that happen and kind of still continue to happen. And then we're also going to talk about just the draft and what it means. So we're going to be a little bit all over the place. <laughs> right, Bronna? Yeah, but I mean, we, we have so much to cover, but we're going to give it all to you guys. That's right. So let's just jump right, right in. End of season recap. Your 2021 NBA champs were the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, your 2021 NBA Finals MVP was Giannis Antetokounmpo. They mm-hmm. beat our West Coast team, the Suns, 4-2. And it was, I think, the Bucks' first championship since 1971. So it was a lot riding on this game. It would have been the Suns' first, right? <laughs> I think. Yeah, I if think they won. Ever. Yeah, I mean, but it was such an amazing series. This is only the Bucks' second time winning it all. We really do feel bad for the Phoenix Suns, who we're kind of rooting for, but not really in a way. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was also the first championship for Giannis Antetokounmpo, and also his brother, who was part of the Bucks team. So now three of the Antetokounmpo brothers have championships, are championship winners. And um, just to recap the way the Bucks got to the finals... They beat the Heat in a sweep. They beat the Nets in seven. They beat the Hawks in six in the Eastern Conference Finals. And finally, they challenged the Suns and they won. The Bucks are not our team that we usually cover. So we're going to focus more on the Suns and kind of what happened there. But I just think it was a great historic game for Giannis, for the Bucks, and for the NBA. Yeah, and and this is this was actually the Suns' third appearance in the finals, but mm. I do not believe they have won. They um, don't. But it was like their first time in like I think since nineteen, uh, I don't know, seventy six or some something crazy like that. So it's been a while for each team. I mm-hmm. think some crazy stat that I read was like the only person, the only player with any finals experience. <laughs> it was only one person, and it was Jay Crowder. <laughs> crazy. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a lot of young stars, a lot of fresh meat on the court, and a lot of vets, too, with Chris Paul, who sadly did not get the chance to get oh, his I'm so disappointed in that. So disappointed. Very hurtful. Um, I don't know if you saw, but a reporter had asked Devin Booker, like, how do you feel for Chris Paul or something like that? And he was like, next question. <laughs> um, because it, it's really hard to, I feel like, define 
that when you're like down in the finals and they had a solid streak through and throughout the entire playoffs they had a sweep as well just like the bucks and i believe at the end of the day it was definitely the two best teams um in the finals but i think there was no answer for Giannis. there was no answer for him um they were significantly undersized uh deandre ayton is kind of the big man that the suns rely on Mm -hmm. and he averaged uh a little a little over 14 points 12 rebounds and i feel like we needed a really big game from him that we never really got Mm -hmm. uh Devin Booker stayed on his track. You know, he was he he had two forty point games, um, just like Giannis. But then Giannis had like you know the the fifty piece uh, at the end to cap it all off. And at the end of the day, I just feel like it was it, they were just undermatched. They were undersized. And Chris Paul ended up slowing down the offense, at least from what I can tell. From game one to game six, I just completely flipped around. Because if I remember correctly, in game one, Chris Paul was on top of it. It was his first time in the NBA Finals since being in the league for 16 years. So he was coming out hot. He was coming out ready. He finished with 32 points and 9 assists in his Finals debut. So I was like, okay... They really want this. They really want this. Booker was also scoring. I think he had 27 points that game. DeAndre Aiden was on double-double, 22 points, 19 rebounds. I was scared. I was like, man, Giannis needs someone to come and back him up. He had 20 points and 17 rebounds. Also, we have to remember that was his first game back from missing two games for a hyperextended left knee. So in game one, like I was definitely like, "Mm, this is looking like the Suns. But then, right. right, and then come game three and four, the Bucks tied up. The Bucks finally went big. They were like, okay, they have all these small guys around us. Like, let's go big, which they did, and it like totally helped. It changed the whole dynamic of the game. Yeah, Giannis was feeling it. Like you mentioned, he had his fifty point game, and I think two games before that, he had forty points, and the game before that, he had forty one. So Giannis was definitely the MVP. He went for it. And they won. And it was, honestly, it came up to, like, Middleton helping out, I think. And then um, Drew Holiday helping out at the end as well. Because Giannis would would not be able to do it all on his own. Mm -mm. But he led the the way. I think one of the notes that I put down is this kind of like, you know, you're looking towards CP3, Book, and Aiton to have good games off rip. Like, that is 70% of your starting lineup. So you want them to start on fire. And it's just kind of like if they never catch their rhythm as a unit, how is the rest of the team going to step up, especially like in such a stressful moment? Like it's the finals. You don't have, you know, multiple days. You have maybe one or two days to get into practice, Mm -hmm. to watch film. And then you got to get back on the court and you have to be 100%. You have to go to treatment, all this stuff. And it's just like I feel like they never had time to kind of bounce back after the Bucks figured out what they, what their game plan was, exactly. you know, because I was the same way. I was like, oh, Suns and four, like, let's go. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to win it all. And then um, when they switched that line and when they went bigger, when they, you know, focused more uh, in the post game um, and, you know, under the basket play, the, the Suns couldn't handle it. They didn't have anybody to defend that kind of offense and then the shooting because obviously their offense they have shooters everywhere but it just wasn't enough they needed that big man presence to to compete with the bucks and you know they, they fell short of that and, and not to say that they didn't play still amazing 
at the, as the be best caliber that they could with what they had. So it, it was disappointing, but it made it less hard when you think about how how long it took the, the Bucks to get where, to where mm -hmm. they're at. And then just having like an athlete like Giannis, he's just, he's a good human. Like you can tell that oh, and yeah. that drips off into his teammates. Um, and, and they're very humble and they're very grateful for each other. And there was a lot of tears and emotions at the end. So just like as a fan of basketball, you're like, okay, okay, yeah, go them, go them. But still, I'm a little hurt, a little heartbroken over the Suns' loss. For sure. Like, I think it was game five was probably the pivotal one because that's where the Suns, like, they put all their, like, energy into it. Booker yeah. had 40 points. That was his second straight 40-point game. Chris Paul had 21 and 11 assists. DeAndre yeah. Aiden also another double-double with 20 and 10. And I think that's where they got a little bit like they lost hope because they were really doing as much as they could and they just couldn't win. And I know that we always expect the other team to put up a challenge, but I just think the Suns didn't think that the Bucks were going to be this big of a challenge. And there were mm -hmm. only one... At that point, they were only one game away from the NBA championships. And then yeah. so you go to game six and instead of like keeping on like you know that foot on the pedal they kind of yeah. just broke down a little bit chris paul had 26 points and then booker had a poor 19 and if i remember he couldn't make a three to save his life and i was like oh yeah. this is not what you yes. want from game six he so, had some very big dry spouts um mm -hmm. and, and what shocked me he averaged like four assists or something like that and as a point guard you have to open up the floor like yeah. that is your job you know and and yes you can shoot for 40 but you still who you know who else are you looking for to open up the floor like that like he's playing kobe ball basically <laughs> and he's just gonna take it in himself which is cool but it, it didn't work for the dynamic that they had going on for so long for the entire season exactly. um and I, I think at the end of the day you know they went into the off season understanding that they cannot just be a shooter-centric team and expect to win a finals. Yeah, which they made some moves in free agency that I think aligned with that, but we'll get into um, further into this podcast. But um, we cover the West Coast, so it was kind of really sad to see like none of our teams get that far yeah. and the Suns lose. But they also did beat the Lakers in the first round, and as a Lakers fan, I was a little bit... Hurt. hurt so I wasn't sad for that long <laughs> let's just say that hurt. I was like dang they beat the Lakers so they have to win so right? I, I was there was so much pressure on them as well it was it was a lot of pressure I, I and the, and then to have like a fresh coach too for Monty to be able to coach up his team the way he did within a short a shortened season mm -hmm. was was incredible to me and and, and he did it in such a graceful way i don't know if you saw the locker room moment oh, that was when so he went sweet. in mm -hmm. yes when he went into the bucks locker room and he was like i just want to say you know you guys did a great job and i learned a lot and like the coaches don't do that a lot of coaches don't they, they take don't. their l and they leave mm -hmm. <laughs> um so to to see that there were two franchises that were in the finals that seemed to be uh very respectful of each other 
was was a good feeling i feel like to end this year the way coming out of the bubble and still dealing with covid protocols and to have fans in the stands like wow yeah i think that was like i think also like that was a huge moment for humanity like i don't want to like downplay it but like they were so nice <laughs> williams yeah. going into the locker room like celebrating Giannis's win and like Giannis crying to his mom and just being so humble and like and then you realize what he went through to be an NBA champion and it just yeah. puts everything more into perspective of just be nice to each other and live like you know live life but um, exactly. I think it was a great way to end the 2021 NBA season the Bucks now though are the team to beat <laughs> oh for sure. <laughs> um, and I think going into the draft and free agency, our Pacific Division teams were actually stacked up during that moment. Oh, oh yeah. So, like, imagine now the free agency moves that happen to continue, like, further stacking their teams. We thought they were stacked. Now let's just get into, like, free agency and what they did mm -hmm. to make their teams better. Uh, many teams scrambled, I think, to like move shit around, and major moves, I think, happen within our division. Do you want to jump into it right now? Oh yeah, let's let's kill it. Okay, um, let's... I think we should start. Let's start like from the bottom up. So obviously, the Warriors mm -hmm. were the worst team in our division. Um, what do you think about their 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 draft picks? Okay, so let's see. Let me move to my draft. So they picked Jonathan Kaminga. Right, seventh pick in the NBA draft, and they also got Moses Moody. So, Kuminga, I think he's very young, 18 years old. He didn't play in his senior year in high school so that he could play with the G League, and yeah. now he's with the Warriors. So, I, I feel like that move alone is going to be maybe a running trend for the NBA, seeing how much success they're having in the draft. I feel like a lot of these kids are going to be like, you know what, college. Yeah, they're going to pay us, I think, or they're going to accept endorsement deals now or whatever their new role was from the NCAA. But I feel like they're going to be like, okay, well, what's the point if I'm going to get paid to go to the G League and be drafted too and not have to deal with school? Exactly. So I feel like this is a this this picks and all the G League players that went from like high school, G League to the draft is going to be a huge move. But as far as um, Jonathan goes, I feel like he has a lot of potential I from what I've read, from what I saw in his um his scouting report, I feel like he's gonna run a lot in the paint and he's gonna be a spot up shooter. And what better way to learn from the Warriors who have the Splash Brothers? So I mean, right. let's see how well he can absorb from his fellow teammates and his coaches, obviously. And then for Moody, I think he's kind of like a role player, playmaker type of player. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think. That's definitely what the Warriors are in need of. And he has Draymond Green, Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala to learn from that because they got him because <laughs> Iguodala's yeah. back. So we'll get into that too. So, I mean, I kind of think it'll help their defense in a way, but also help like keep the pace up, which we know the Warriors are a fast-paced team, or at least they try to be. What do you think? Uh, I, I I believe it was definitely a good pick, Kaminga and Moody. Mm -hmm. um, I've had to delve into the 
thing that is summer <laughs> league, which is like AAU oh, yeah. the NBA. Uh, and it's very interesting when you actually pay solid attention to it because not, <laughs> not many people do. You know, it's still off season. People are watching, you know, uh, what football preseason mm-hmm. now and, uh, you know, coming off of the Olympics. So it's really hard to get into, especially knowing that a lot of these guys, one, you don't know. Uh, or two, uh, you've heard of them, but you haven't really seen the play. But I think it gives the younger guys uh, a big stage to be like, hey, this is my talent when it's on display for for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. And in the G League, like you said, he, he skipped college and he went to Team Ignite, which has been a, a really big uh, tunnel for the NBA now because they can take these young um, smaller players and build them up and then shoot them right into the NBA. Um, he averaged 15 points, uh, a little over seven rebounds, two assists. He's a he's bigger, he's lengthier. You know, he's had some really good highlights from summer league. He big, huge dunks like he's a monster under the rim. Uh, and I think the Warriors need that. They need. I I feel like across the board, more teams are starting to understand that if mm-hmm. you don't have a paint presence, it's going to be really hard for you to compete at the highest level. And Kaminga has that potential to grow um, and and be a dominant person in the paint. He's he comes from the Congo, um, so he has that that diversity uh, about him and that accessibility to kind of learn and take his experiences from different places and and give that to the warriors um and then moody like you said definitely a role player more of a more of a guard more of somebody to open up the floor for now obviously his his role may not last long depending on if the warriors want to trade or do Mm -hmm. something else with him um but i think with the addition also with free agency of uh, Andre is coming back, which I don't think he should have ever left. But um, and they added a few other like small guards, and I, I think they have a solid team as long as Clay returns. I feel like the pieces that they added will get them back into playoffs. Yeah, and let's not forget they still have Stephen Curry, so he's. I think he signed an extension with them, so they ain't got nothing to worry about over there. <laughs> yeah, max contract. Like yeah. he's like I think the most paid Money. NBA player over like these past recent years he's in some he's always setting records it's always a new record with him (laughs) as long as you have the best shooter of all time in your team i don't think you gotta worry about anything but correct iguodala's back he's a vet he knows the presence so i take his addition as a win and then i think they also got Otto porter jr so i think that's okay you know add space to the floor he's also very good on defense so i'm i'm never gonna be like oh no no defense so um but as long as they have those, like, imagine they have Iguodala, they have Draymond Green, they have Clay and Curry still, and they're stacking mm-hmm. up their, like, second unit. Playoff contention, yes or no, Brana? I say yes. Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> Definitely yes, Kyle, Right? You can't sure. not be. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they came really close. I, I, they didn't have enough star power to beat the Lakers in the, the play-in tournament, which actually is still going to remain a thing, which uh-huh. I think is kind of cool. Uh, I think it adds, like, a little extra, like, excitement it does. Uh, it really does. To, to the actual finals. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, not everybody's super happy about it because it gives, you know, <laughs> they it, it has more... Um, it's just more work, just ha- yeah. 
Exactly. It's more work. So they, they have to work a little bit harder for it. But at the end of the day, everybody gets exposure and obviously more money. So yeah. <laughs> you don't like it until your team is there and you're like, oh, wait, maybe I do like it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, but on that note, the other team is the Kings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they just won Summer League's championship, which is, like, obviously not a huge thing. <laughs> um, but they added my guy Davion Mitchell from Baylor. Sikkim just won the national championship. Uh, and they paired him with Nemes Quetta, who have been, uh, like I said, dominating Summer League, obviously. I think they won un- I think they went undefeated, or maybe they lost one game. Oh, but I sure. feel like they have they, – the Kings have been doing this – all along taking this young talent and kind of building like a superpower young team mm-hmm. um but how do you feel about their their decisions i mean i feel like well at least throughout the league <laughs> the kings from how i know they're not the best drafters so i am super happy with their draft picks i'm like with you for sure mitchell's gonna bring defense for the kings he is yeah. a little bit older just because he's 22. I mean, because we're used to, like, the 18, 20-year-olds, but he is 22. Right. But I feel like that's just going to help him more because, like you mentioned, he's coming with experience, which is what the Kings need when they have made such a young team. And he's going to bring defense with him, which I think is great for the Kings. Keta yeah. is so tall. He's just going to live in the paint. <laughs> His role is going to be live in the paint, protect that rim, don't do anything else. And of course, yeah, and of course, adding more D for um, the Kings. And then I was like, okay, those are solid picks. You know, well, let's see how they work out, how they look. And then they go and do this at Summer League, which I think don't knock Summer League down. I feel like at least throughout the last maybe two or three years, it's becoming a thing where young players play really hard, and put themselves on the map. And I can just say from, like, the Lakers, that was where we got our first look at Alex Caruso, where we got our first look at Kyle Kuzma, at Lonzo Ball, at Josh Hart. And now, like, look at them. They are out in the league getting their money, getting contracts, so or being traded. I don't know. (laughs) But, like, you know, so I think, like, it's a good place for these players to start. And now we have, like, for the Kings, Louis King, who won finals MVP. I forgot how many points he had, but he went off. So I feel like the Kings are looking okay. Their their future is looking bright. Will mm-hmm. I say they are in playoff contention? No. How about you? <laughs> um, I feel like they were closer than they were last year. Yes. But yeah, I don't know. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, considering the other teams we're just about, we're about to touch on, I don't think so. Now... They did add a vet in Tristan Thompson, which I thought mm-hmm. was a good move because they do, at the end of the day, need some kind of vet experience to, you know, wrangle in these young guys. Yes. Uh, and they lost Whiteside, which was like, nah, I, I don't know if they should have let him go, too, because I feel like they do need more of a balance for, for the vets and the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Um but I think overall, this was definitely one of their better years between free agency and the draft. And I summer totally league agree. obviously speaks for that. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, for the last couple of seasons when we've done our podcast, we really truly never talk about the Kings just because no. they don't give us anything to talk about. But I think like they have a solid group of people. They have some vets. The only thing that 
that I don't really put him in playoff contention and stuff like that is because I still don't know what they're going to do with Buddy Heald. It's mm. been clear that he's unhappy. He doesn't want to be there. And Sacramento still keeps him. So I don't know if it's going to affect the chemistry of the team. If this is their way of saying, like, no, stay with us. If they're going to trade him, still, you know, he's still on the trading block, could be traded. So uh, it's a little bit too wishy-washy for me to be like, oh, gosh, yes, this is their I, year. <laughs> I would hope, you know, with those pieces that they're trying to put around him that he would feel a little more at home. But mm-hmm. it, it really is hard when you stay with a organization for so many years and you feel like you're getting nowhere. Um, so Agreed. I would definitely understand his his idea to to request a trade or to make it hard and try to leave. Um, because at the end of the day, they do have some up-and-coming stars like Bagley and Fox, um, even Harrison Barnes, uh, you know, some some younger talent. It takes mm-hmm. a longer time when you're starting from scratch, you know, because right. that's literally what they've been doing is starting from scratch. Um, but I think there has been definitely some upper, upward movement, so... So that team to keep our eyes on for sure. As long as they didn't get worse, I think that's all that matters for the Kings. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so we can also talk about the songs like super quick. They didn't really do mm-hmm. much. No. <laughs> um, they, you know, they kind of just said whatever. They have a solid team. They they resigned Chris Paul. You know, thank God he's not leaving because I feel like he should stay there. I feel like they do have a better shot uh, of going and winning the finals this time if they keep Chris Paul on the team. Um, so they traded their pick to Brooklyn and got Landry Shaman. So mm-hmm. well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think Shaman is a good shooter, so they definitely got more shooters, but they also signed JaVel McGee and Alfred Payton, so definitely McGee to help the paint, to help mm-hmm. DeAndre Aiden in the paint, or maybe like Sean Musa, I don't know, you know. But I think it's like they really didn't have to do much just because they are the NBA champion runner-ups. So I think they kind of saw where they were missing something and and adjusted. Like you said, they re-signed Chris Paul. They also re-signed Cameron Payne, Frank Kaminsky, and Abdel Nader. I hope I'm saying it right. So, like you mentioned, Paul staying with the Suns is huge because it means like he's committed to the organization and he believes that they can still somehow win a championship. If not, he would have been like, no thanks. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. Cameron Payne, I think he was like a very important part of the NBA playoffs. So it's a great move to keep that energy that Payne provided. And um, definitely I still see them as like top Western Conference contenders. They just kind of made a little moves that hopefully fix the holes in their game. Yeah. I, I would say the Suns, they, they did what they... They could, I think, because obviously at some point you have to worry about cap space and mm-hmm. how much you're going to offer guys, um, at, at least coming down from being finals contention. You know, you have your you have your max players. Uh, JaVel McGee, I don't uh, I like the ad, but I also don't because his presence can be a little wishy washy because, mm-hmm. you know, he was with the Lakers for a, for a little stint and, and he had like a smaller presence. And I just I don't know if it's enough. For the Suns to do what they want to do, I think they could have maybe gone a little bigger, maybe a little more um, extravagant. But like I said, they have to worry about their cap space and and what they're playing their their biggest stars. So if they make the adjustments, it's playoffs definitely is it 
they're gonna go that's not even a question mm -hmm. but um as far as finals uh, they have some competition <laughs> they really do because other teams are making a lot of moves <laughs> yeah and, and i know you guys want to hear about the lakers so we're gonna get there but first but we're first. gonna talk about the clippers <laughs> let's talk about the other la team before we even get there did they have any drafts i i know um, they did they had quentin grimes at number 25 and then they traded to new york for keon johnson mm -hmm. um who actually I wrote this down they he set the vertical record uh during the combine which is like oh, wow. okay sure mm -hmm. so again they're, they're looking for somebody who could get to the rim mm -hmm. um and this was like I don't know I don't know the seventh year or something like that that the Clippers traded away their pick uh they, they don't really they don't really use the draft as a way to pick up players i feel like they use it more of as as a game chip yeah to trade. um mm -hmm. you know they they and then in free agency is when they really like went off they added justice um winslow eric bledsoe um and then they have those three with rookies and they lost like uh, like five or six players between those trades um including pat bev rondo mm -hmm. um and oh sorry it was only about three players and then they have some other free free agents right now coffee cousins patterson um so i, I don't know I, I don't know how do you feel <laughs> um, well, i will tell you <laughs> well i feel like okay well first i think like the huge first part was like they re-signed Kawhi. So oh, yeah. that I think was huge because then that means that Paul George and Kawhi will continue to be at, at least the Clippers top duo until mm -hmm. give four years, 2025. So that's like four more years of them together. Okay. They're also bringing back Jackson and Fatum, which I think is going to be important, especially if Kawhi's recovery doesn't go smoothly. So they have kind of that as a backup. But did they yeah. make themselves like contention better? I really don't see it. I mean, they yeah. did try to they did trade for Eric Bledsoe, but he's a solid guard, can definitely be that three person man for Paul George and Kawhi. But I don't know. Yeah, Just, I, I think Eric has some promise for sure because he played really well with Jaw and mm -hmm. got the Grizzlies like further in the playoffs than I think anybody thought they would get. Uh, so I felt like that was a good addition. Again, they're another big LA team. Not much cap space when you have somebody like Kawhi and Paul George already Correct. on your team. Um, I, I I think it was actually very hilarious that they let Pat Bev go though, because he was with the Clippers for a long time, just causing rambunctious nonsense. I was gonna uh, say we're definitely gonna miss his Beverly like grittiness that we always talk about on this podcast. How sad! I know. <laughs> so disappointed. Right? <laughs> I feel like we we, we may miss him more. <laughs> I think so, but yeah, it was crazy to see um to see him go because he's been with the Clippers for so long, and then like yeah. they traded him and he got traded one more time. I think so. Where his future lies, I have no idea. But um, I guess Bledsoe will kind of be that person who will take the take up that point guard role from Patrick and Raj, um, Rajon Rondo. So. But I don't know. I think I just got to see them. That one really is, like, tricky for me because I want to see them play together. And I want to see... But it's going to be a while because Kawhi is going to be injured for, I don't know, who who knows how long. Yeah, that, that ACL was bad. And I, I was really surprised that he stayed because, you know, he had all that beef with the Spurs when he hurt his knee. 
uh, before. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really surprising. He was like, y'all messed up my knee, so I'm a, I'm a dip. <laughs> um, but uh, last year had a, a ton of injuries, so it's, it's also not that surprising that mm-hmm. um, that he did ended up getting hurt. Uh, and they, they kept Surge, too, right, Ibaka? So they, they kind of have that presence. Hopefully he'll come back True. Uh, healthy. They still have Zubop. Um, so they have potential. It's just their chemistry is, I feel like that's what they lack the most. Mm-hmm. Like, they have stars. They have people who can shoot, defend, and do all of that. But it's like if they can't play together as a unit, when it comes down to it, like, what what's that going to look like? Like, y'all need to do some some falls, some trust exercises or something <laughs> like that. Because you can tell, you can tell when things fall apart that nobody is leaning on each other. It's just it's awkward. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, like, diff, it's a weird vibe with that organization. Like, I don't know, you know? I don't know. I mean, they got pretty far based on, like, what we saw. Will they make it to the finals, though? Mm, not if Kawhi's so injured. Definitely not if Kawhi's so injured. Ooh, no. um, playoffs? possibly because they still have Paul George and um but still I guess Kawhi will probably be that that deciding factor for me I think Paul George did end up stepping up to yeah more uh more than not because everybody was kind of questioning like is he really you know who who he says he is you know is he really uh like that like is he really playoff p or is he mm-hmm. pandemic p <laughs> and i saw more of playoff p than i saw pandemic p so that gives me a, also some hope that he is working on whatever he needs to work on to be a better athlete and a better player for his team yeah my only fear is that they get to like all become a really good team and then Kawhi is added into the mix later on and it kind of just like jumbles everything up that's my only issue that I could possibly see out there just because when when you don't start working out with the players since the beginning and then you have a semi different new team it can mess Mm -hmm. up the chemistry and flow so I don't know I do not know yeah lots of question marks lots of question marks there um, I don't, I don't think I, I, with all the other competition that's, that's happening in our division, it, it's going to be even harder. You know, it's not going to be any for easier sure. for yes. them to get to the finals and they, they have to understand that. That is true. That is a really good point because everybody else is getting better and you have to get better as well if you want to compete. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oof. So last but not least let's talk about getting better (laughs) our favorite team guys you already know okay lakers gang show out we're stacked (laughs) brana i think you're gonna have to take a deep breath and take us through what off-season moves they made First off, Carmelo, Anthony, Westbrook, Trevor Ariza, Kemp Bates. You want me to keep going? Like, I mean, keep I can going. keep going. <laughs> okay, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, Kedrick Nunn, um, Russell Westbrook again. Because <laughs> that needs to be emphasized, okay? <laughs> Emphasis on the Russell Westbrook part. <laughs> Shout out to Rob Palenka. Okay, that's my guy. We are friends. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. They signed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine new players or got via trade. They also ha- will be no longer with Dennis Schroeder, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harold, Alex Caruso, Markeith Morris, <gasps> Andre Drummond, Ben McLemore, 
and Costas, but that's because, you know, most of these guys were either on one-year contracts, so we kind of knew they were not going to come back, or they were okay. just there. But they also re-signed THT, Talon Horton Tucker, mm-hmm. plus all these new additions, and you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the squad. So, yes, yes Rob deserves all the applause in the world. Yeah. Because... Definitely- Best moves of this entire free agency, hands down. That's crazy. The Lakers were busy. They have a completely new roster. And it's like, it's new, but it's not really new because some of these players have played for the Lakers before. So it's going to like low-key a a homecoming. Yeah, a lot of them. But just to be like that brain that is Rob Palinka, and I'm pretty sure LeBron had some take into it so like to see their brain work and assemble that team yeah and i think we should also remember that these trades were happening like not in that order so i was a little bit sus <laughs> when the first mm-hmm. moves came out i was like mm, what are the lakers mm-hmm. doing and then they hit yeah. me with that trade and i was like ah, i ain't asking no more questions <laughs> right apparently I, I believe for westbrook it was like it involved like five different teams for him to get there which is like wow Crazy. y'all were really like in the room sweating trying Crazy. to get yes. to come to la and you know it's funny because we were entertaining the idea last year around uh all-star game when steph and lebron played together and i was like that would be so amazing but you know what westbrook isn't that bad either <laughs> well you know what I'm, I'm gonna say I like the rest the Westbrook to LA move there's a lot of people that didn't like it or are not on board I, I think people think they won't work together and it's just like you think they won't work together to win several championships like you got to be out of your mind <laughs> I got that a lot too a lot of people were not happy they were saying like oh Russ is kind of a selfish player and like it's only looking out for himself and I honestly I don't see that I see kind of um when they had that press conference um welcoming him to the Lakers Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rob Palinka shared a story of how Kobe viewed Russ, and I'm like, that's how exactly how I view him too. So I don't know why they wouldn't want a player like that to be on the Lakers who can get them a win. Like they have, he is such like a gritty player, and he's a triple double on any night. So on any night, I yeah. don't know. Like I, I was so confused by those comments that came. <laughs> Also, there's other comments about how old this team is. Do yes. you do you think they hold any validity? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> yes, they're older, but I feel like that makes them even more better Correct. because they have so much experience. At the end of the day, that's what's going to get you ahead. Yeah, okay, so one of your guys is going to be a little tired. like, But there's uh, there's like six other players on the bench that can <laughs> tap in for them. Like, come on. Um, and I feel like that's why LeBron came out and he said that all these haters are talking about all the, all these numbers and other stuff, but it's just kind of like watch and see. And, and that's what it is. I feel like at the end of the day, they are stacked. Somebody like posted the, uh, the image of, I think it was Kobe, Shaq, Meta World Peace, and who was the other person that was on that like super squad? Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but it, it, it's it's a similar idea. You have all these guys with experience. Maybe they're over thirty. Okay, who cares? But 
the young guys are still trying to figure out how the NBA works, yep. <laughs> let, let alone how to play the game at a, at a professional level. It's different. It's completely different. And when you put a squad together like that who who has playoff experience, finals experience, playing with Russ has played with other stars, which mm-hmm. also confuses me. Big stars. You to talk about KD, Harden. These are faces of franchises and he's been the face of multiple franchises. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't had the superpower of say like A D and LeBron around him, but he has come from from big threes or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I feel like he can perfectly adjust. So he's not going to be shooting 40 a night. He doesn't have to. That's the point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's what I, that's the point I would make to people too. Like, yeah, he's doing triple doubles like every other night because he had to, especially on those teams, like with OPC Mm -hmm. when Harden left and Katie left, like he was there on his own. He literally had to carry the team on his back. And get exactly. wins with triple doubles. Do I expect him to do it here with the Lakers? No, because you have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the list goes on and on. So that's why right. I, I agree with you. And I definitely fear the the Lakers added help for LeBron and Anthony, which was something that they were definitely missing last season. Like LeBron went down, the Lakers crumbled. Davis went down, the Lakers crumbled. So it's like, we, let's not... Let's stop the crumbling. Let's add a pieces that can help them. And right. I was gonna, I was gonna be a little bit scared because I was like, I think they need shooters, and there was no shooters in sight. But then they signed none. They got Malik Monk, so I was like, okay, that's another hole that they fix within their game. Yeah. And um, I feel like the chemistry is gonna be there, like you mentioned, like we mentioned, they're all around the same age ish. So they're going to have a lot in common. <laughs> they all really want to prove themselves. You have Carmelo, who's never won on that team, who's going to play so hard to get a championship. LeBron right. wants his sixth one. Fifth or sixth? Fifth? Man, we're losing count already. <laughs> he, won, he won one. Two, two with the he won with one Cleveland. With and one with Lakers. So now he's going for his fifth one. He wants that fifth one. And, uh, oh my gosh, five. That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. a lot. But I That's mean, hand. <laughs> Westbrook hasn't won either. So I feel like there's so much that they, this team wants and that they're all going to be bonded over that experience. Maybe the only thing that kind of worries me is probably their defense because they did lose players like Caruso and Kuzma and sometimes even KCP who were not the best on offense but who were solid-ish on defense. So I feel like... But, you know, they have Vogel who has been a defensive, like, master, like, shoot, always staying on defense. So I'm sure they'll be able to tweak some things. But when you have players like these, like... I don't even know if defense is that important. No, right? Seriously, that's going to outshoot you. But, I, I mean, I feel like with this kind of team, it's just obvious that, yes, guys, we have to play defense as as hard as we play offense if we want to make this easier Correct. for ourselves. And then the idea that Carmelo was the same draft class as LeBron and they're the only ones left in the league from 2003. So it it makes it even more of a passionate route to get the ring. You watch somebody like Chris Paul, who's who's been in the league, like you said, 16 years, and and he still hasn't had a ring. And he's still as hungry. 
he's still as hungry as he was when he first came into the league. Um, and he got so, so close. So it just tells you that that kind of team that the Lakers franchise put together is completely capable of winning a championship, if not several. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I put him in playoff contention. Obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, finals, even? Yes. Because it's looking like the Clippers are because eh, of Kawhi. Mm-hmm. The Kings, de- definitely not. The Suns, maybe that'll be their, you know, little bit of competition. And the Nuggets, we still have the Jazz, but I really haven't looked into their, like, roster and their setup. So, I don't know. The Lakers are just looking like it's going to happen for them. The team to be, and, and the Nets. Oh, girl. <laughs> are you ready for Christmas? Definitely the Nets. Ooh. Talking about that, actually... We have a little preview of what that may look like on Christmas. I just got chills. It's August. (laughs) I just got chills. Yeah, that that was a smart move. (laughs) I feel like it's going to be the highest rated Christmas game ever. Because not only do you have a bunch of superstars on the Lakers, like we just said, you have a bunch on the Nets. You have Kyrie, you have Katie, you have... Um, who who's the the other fourth guy? Ugh, I know I'm missing someone. Griffin, Griffin Patty Mills, but there's one more. Who else? Who's part of their big three? I don't know, but they there's just so much talent just with these yeah. two teams. It's impossible that you're not gonna tune in and watch. Like I feel like the whole world, whether they're a NBA fan or not, is gonna tune in and watch. That's gonna be a yeah. crazy ass game. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't even make sense. Like when that when that dropped, I was like, "Y'all did what now? <laughs> Say what?" And then earlier in the day, you also have the Warriors and the Suns, which I feel like is definitely a good. Look oh, for that's them. a good one too. Yeah. Yeah, and and by December, the Warriors should be a fully like healthy squad, Splash Brothers and all. <laughs> and I definitely want to watch that. <laughs> that's gonna be crazy too. And I think for the Lakers, their opening game is against the Warriors. So that's going to be a good game, too. Like, yeah. we're going to start you out hot. <laughs> playing rematch. Yeah. So, like, they're already coming. They're coming in with that um, playing tournament, like, um, grudge. And then also, but now we have Clay Thompson. So it's just like, let's see how your your team stacks up against mine. Like, like yeah. ah, it's just so exciting. Clay hasn't played in, like, almost over two years now. Ooh. You think he'll be rusty? Uh, I don't know. It, I feel like it could be both. He could either be rusty or he could be better than he was before. Because I follow him on Instagram. He's been fishing <laughs> a lot. <laughs> oh, man. He's getting his mental health days in. Yeah, I'm like, where? I don't see a basketball in sight. Stir, get that ball, pick it up, start shooting. But, you know, once a shooter, always a shooter. So I guess he's like, I guess he got it like that. <laughs> Very true, very true. I feel like as long as his knees are healthy and good to go, God God bless his knees, okay? Oh, um, he Hopefully, he will have a healthy season. I think so, too. I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm really excited, and um, I think 
the end of their season ended in a really high note, a positive note. And I feel like yes. this new start, it's also going to be positive and new and different. So I'm just so excited. Yeah, we're excited. We hope you guys are excited too. <laughs> well, that is all we have for you guys today. I hope that it was enough information. And like we said, just excited for next season and keep following us. And we appreciate y'all. Um, and we'll catch yes. you next time. Yes, thank you for listening. And I'm Bronna Marks, and I'm here with Leslie Torres. All right, bye guys. Bye.